Welcome everyone to an episode of the Definitive Crusade. I am your host, as always, joining the Machine Hughes, and joining us on this most inauspicious day of comic book fun, we have the random dude Josh. Josh, how's it going? It is going. How are you, Johnny? I am very well, very well indeed. The astute of you will notice that the uh, Fantastic Four that we were is now down to the dynamic duo. Um, Wait, does that mean I'm? I have to be Robin. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. As long as I can be Jason Todd. Yep, I will get a crowbar for you, specially fitted as we speak. All wow, right. you really killed that joke. Apparently he's been exiled. He's been removed from the game. Oh, sorry, I meant Matthew, not Jason Todd. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so Matthew's not here, uh, unfortunately, and Freya, who was with us last time, well... She's got a little bit waterlogged. She's been reading her Aquaman comics and, you know, how much she loves a bit of Jason Momoa. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's what happens when you read Aquaman. It just, every, I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep it, let's keep it clean, all right? But to say that, um, in all seriousness, Frey is dealing with uh, some flood issues that have hit the US uh, recently. So uh, our love and support always goes out of Frey and everyone suffered by uh, that sort of tragedy recently. Stay safe, guys. Keep your comics on the high shelves. Yeah, yes. yeah. Pets downstairs because they can swim. Comics upstairs because yep. they can't. All right, excellent. Public service announcement over. So, with three books in, three books to go. What we're going to talk about? Well, I can't believe it's taken us this long to get to this book. <laughs> And as you can tell by uh, Josh's evil joker cackling laugh, <laughs> it's one of his choices. All right, strap yourselves in, boys and girls. Gamers at the ready. We have Batman for shite. I mean, Fortnite zero points. And when I say zero point, I mean there is practically no point. All right. Concept and story is consult is Daniel Mustard. Uh, written by Christos Cage, pencils by Riley Brown, inks uh, by Nelson DiCastro, colours uh, by John Calise. To be fair, the colours, not in the Freya sense, the colours are gorgeous in this book, so John Calise, really well done. Yeah, and letters by uh, And Will Design. Big shout out, first of all, to the cover. This cover's by Michael Janin, who we know from his run on uh, Batman with Tom King, and of course, some Wonder Woman stuff before Future State. There you go. Whew. Josh, over to you. Yep. So this, this was my pick. Now, I, I have to be honest. I'm not a big Fortnite, I mean Fortnite um, <laughs> expert. However, expert. I happen to have someone who is. And I thought it would be fun for this episode since Matthew's been exiled and obviously, is, as you mentioned, Frey is dealing with with the flood stuff, which nobody wants to deal with at all. So I thought I would bring in a very, very special guest. Cool. And apparently my special, oh my goodness, it is Lucas, my mini-me from the Random Dad Chronicles. Lucas, how are you? Good. Good. Okay, so what did you think about Batman Fortnite Zero Point? 
Well, I thought it was kind of cool. Kind of? Kind of. Uh, my favorite part was when um, Batman, the armored version, fighting against Batman Zero Point. The uh, Batman Zero Point dude? I forget his name. So I think, the- I think he's called Batman. Yeah, just Batman. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> fighting against the armored Batman. Yeah. And Catwoman fighting against the armored Catwoman. So it's technically like... Batman versus Batman? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm saying like... Te- it's Technically, it's against... Um, like the original and then the armored versions. Okay. Okay. So, so to provide some context of what's going on, you've got a number of the DC characters in the Fortnite universe. They're on Fortnite Island just trying to get back. And this alien, what's known as Zero Point, has taken over Fortnite Island, which, funny enough, is consistent with what is currently happening in the game. It is actually not an alien, but... It is Spoilers! 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 Go away! Go away! But the, the interesting thing with this book is the fact that the story is playing very consistent with what's happening in the game. Specifically with this issue, um, in the game, this armored version of Batman was just brought into the game that you could get as a playable character. And I find it kind of interesting that he makes an appearance in issue six of, of the book. So, this is taking a very unique twist in that it's taking, it's maintaining the story for comic book readers that may not be into Fortnite, Mm -hmm. but also coinciding with events in the game for those who haven't necessarily read the book, but they can jump in and know what's going on because they've been playing the game. Right. Okay. So I have a quick question then for Lucas. Because um, I have never, ever, ever in a million years touched Fortnite in any shape, way, or form. So, how representative of Fortnite the game? So, how much does the the comic actually look like the game? Well, it's I I can't really explain it. It's kind of like some of those like three D cartoons. Mm-hmm. I, I would say color and character design, like the colors match the game, like the mm-hmm. color palette matches. The character design, uh, we'll, we'll take Batman, for example, is pretty spot on yeah. with what we've seen. And also some characters are also, um, what is it called? Uh, <sighs> I forget what it's called. Um, they are kind of comic. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, We're talking about in the game. Yes. Okay. Right, okay. Yes. Cool. Like, and of course, we've got the flying bus, haven't we? That's that's how mm-hmm. play is that how players get into the game to start with? Is that yep? Is that the yep. thing? Start from the flying bus and then jump down into the island. Into the island, yeah. And last season on season six, if you jumped into the zero point, um, you can gain full um shield. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or maybe cool. seventy five shield. I can't remember. And also, 
there is the man there used to be the Mandalorian and you could if you're playing on like PC not PC PlayStation um you could press X no uh X in um Xbox One so and, that'd be square on PlayStation yeah, and you jump into the sand and then no one could see you it just looked like flat and then you jump out okay and, cool. So what what he's really saying is, Johnny, if you want to escape from this book, you need to press square, jump into the sand, and you'll uh-huh. never have to read this again. No. Cool, excellent. And no. is that where I, is that where I make the sarlacc and slowly digest for a thousand years? Well, no. you know what? I for you, it may be better than some of the other books we've read, or I picked. Oh, in the past. Um, to me, I, I'm not a Fortnite player, all right? So for me, I came into this book pretty much as it's another alternative Batman universe. And it pretty much is, because Gordon's kicking around. Um, there are some overhangs from the DCU proper. If you'd like to jump to page 17, please, Joshua. Uh, that was let's see, 17. We jump in, like, after they go through the... Yeah, one more page. One more page, folks. There you go. And there's the Bat-Cat romance in full, you know, the bit where they're on the boat with the villains in the top corner. My favourite outfit for Catwoman ever, the purple dress, and then, of course, the marriage proposal, the letter, and where they are now. Um, I said this is no point, and for me, this is exactly where I feel on this book. It it doesn't say anything to me about Batman that I'm going to buy this book. I'm not a Fortnite player, so I'm not going to buy it either. Which, yeah, which was a shame because I think the Catwoman costume on this Catwoman, the Selena character, absolutely gorgeous. So much better than the current look in a real. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the fishnets highlights on the legs for a start is always going to be a winner with a chicken dinner <laughs> for me, you know. But hey ho, um, story wise, yeah, nice and convenient. Yeah. Lost the mem- lost the memory. Um, Art-wise, some places it's really, really good. Some places it's really, really cheesy. Mm. Um, you know what? If do you, do you know what I think disappoints me the most about this book is how good the Injustice comic book used to be. Yeah, for the Injustice games, and now this comes out, and I know it's a different audience for a start, so that probably explains it for a, yeah. for, for a large part. But I was kind of like take it or leave it, and then of course. Halfway through, well, the last third of the book, if I may share an image, please. Okay. Yeah. Uh, halfway through the book, of course, we all find out that this guy turns up. That's right. He's in it. <laughs> That's Judge Death. <laughs> Others may know him as the Batman who laughs, but it is Judge Death. Oh, it's the dude that we played on Mortal Kombat, the dude that you beat me with. Yes. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, right. you beat right. me on Mulder. Mulder. No, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you cannot. Lucas, you have been done a disservice, my friend. <laughs> you have been done a disservice. This guy, he hates Judge Death as much as he hates the Batman who laughs. Never let him pick a... Such a hypocrite, Joshua. Just such a hypocrite. So, so... Hey, now, now that you've thrown me under the uh, the bus, which I find consistent with this book, I will let you go upstairs. You play. Thank wait, you so much for coming onto the show. Wait, I love you. Wait, I want to say something.
this book is kind of like the book that we did um when well, I was little, the um the one when he went when Batman, Wrong Earth. No, when they went into the Ninja Turtle universe. Yes. Another another I, cross platform. Yes. So. I remember that. That just book made me think of that. So Yep. Which is better than which I love you. Goodbye. I'm glad you were having fun on the show. Head upstairs. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Goodbye, I vanished. Goodbye. Well, you don't have to no. impromptu tell to tell you to not forget to check out the Random Dad Chronicles yes. with Josh and uh, Lucas as they go through a range of different books. Books, uh, and we'll also be doing some gameplay videos as well. So, not not Magic the Gathering. Uh, actually, I've already done one game with him. That one's on did my you, personal YouTube channel. Um, did you win? He did actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the biggest thing to take out of the Batman Fortnite book is it, this book is really designed for people who are into Fortnite, you know, especially kids. This uh-huh. is a, a kid friendly book. Yeah. So if you're wanting to get your kids reading a little bit more during the summer, definitely pick this up for that purpose, especially yeah. if they play Fortnite because you're making the connections of a franchise that they know. So. Uh, it's only six issues deep, so it'll have to trade paperback territory. So if you can't find the floppies, go check out the... I'm sure the trade will be out in like two weeks, three weeks, some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, also, you can always get them digitally from Comixology or DC Direct. So yeah. there you go. I, I am kind of curious because I know that Superman will be coming into this particular season of the game. So I'm curious to see how they work that into this. I don't know. We'll see. Well, isn't Fortnite a magic world? And if that's the case, then Superman's going to be pretty much up, as, up the creek without a certain battle. Well, <laughs> yeah, but where th- this is really focusing on aliens oh, okay. this, this season. Oh, Superman being an alien because he's from Krypton. Right, yep. Yep. Right, cool. so. All right, excellent. There you go. Um, my, my nephews uh, play Fortnite a lot, and they never tired of telling me how sad I am because I don't play it. So, there you go. Well, you know what? You could be their hero and say, but you know what? I at least read a comic book about it. Red is a very... um, Loose term. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I was like, ooh, fishnets. All right, okay. (laughs) I I do like that that costume design for Cal. Yeah, it it rocks. Even even the armored version when she comes in with a little tank top type thing going on. It it really frustrates me how some of these these kind of throwaway crossovers can get the characters so bang on point and yet the main books flounder a little bit. It it really really sort of irks me. I mean, fair enough, the main books have got probably an overreaching arc to worry about. But we all, I mean, if Freya was here right now, she'd be spitting feathers because oh, she hates the new Catwoman outfit with the with the shoulder bits cut out and stuff. And uh, Yeah. But no. Hey-ho, what can you do? All right. Okay. So from one, from one crossover-y type thing onto our next. I don't know if this is a crossover or more of a re-image, I suppose. Uh, but um, we have... Justice League Infinity Number 1. Now, this is a book that is aimed squarely at us fans of Justice League, the cartoon show, and Justice League Unlimited. 
Um, it's written by J.M. DeMattis, one of my favourite writers of all time, um, along with James Tucker, who was writer-producer on a range of animation stuff, including Justice League, of course, Batman Brave and the Bold is probably the big one that you'll know him from. Um, Ethan Beavers provides the uh, animated style art. Colours are by Nick Filardi, and then letterer Tom Napolitano gets to have lots of work cut out for all the chaos and all the words that have to come along with it. Hmm. There you go. What did you think of this book? Bit of a, th- a blast from the past, or do you think that it was a, a little bit too loose and candid? The colours were nice. <laughs> oh, no. How comes? Is that... A- what is that your drink? Is that a Dr. Pepper? Or is that a beer? Oh, totally a beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? What, what do you need a, a beer for this book for? I just... Okay. Hold on. This book... I loved the Justice League animated series. Loved it. Who who didn't? People who don't know what a good cartoon is. Um, <laughs> but this book, uh, I don't know if it was the art style or just the story, but it was not, not for me. I just, I struggled with it. I think the biggest part was the fact that the artwork reminded me too much of Teen Titans Go. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a shout. Okay. You know, so if, if we were to take Justice League and make it a Justice League Go, it's actually Justice League Infinite. And that's why I cracked this open this early. <laughs> well, it's drink o'clock. It's always drink o'clock somewhere in the world, uh, right? Exactly. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I just—I mean, it was cool to see all the different characters from, you know, from the Justice League cartoon. You know, seeing mm-hmm. John Stewart's Green Lantern. Yep. Um, but it was just. Too campy. All right, Way okay. too campy for me. So I, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who enjoy this book, um, who enjoy the feel of it, but the the colors were gorgeous, though. I have to give credit where uh, credit is due. You think? Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, well, maybe that's the White Claw talking. I don't know. Uh, okay, so for fans of the Justice League cartoon show, this art looks to emulate that style. Does it do it justice? No pun intended. Well, I think it takes it a little bit too far to the caricature, for to be honest, because the Justice League art, whilst it's cartoon, sure, there is a lot of um, maturity to some of the lines. Here, this just, like, it's just shapes on top of shapes and yes i know that's what art's made up of so you know let's not you know but good to see characters like um amazo i love the justice league version of amazo yeah class um every episode he's in is just brilliant um so 
I like seeing him as well. Um, every time I see him, I can't help but hearing Robert Picardo's voice in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, so let me ask you this. Did you, when you were reading this, did you have his voice in your head mm-hmm. reading his lines? Mm-hmm. Okay. Them all. That, that, I, that's fair. I mean, I, I have Kevin Conroy's voice yeah. whenever I read any Batman book. And, um, and you know, Susan, Susan Eisenberg for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. You know, the, the comic does what it says on the tin. It's to, to evoke or invoke those memories of the Justice League cartoon. Yeah. You know, um, I'm lucky in that I've got the, the DVD box set of the entire run. So anytime I want to watch it, I just boom, go for it. And what tends to happen is I think, oh, I want to watch one episode. And now I end up to go back to right to the start and watch them all the way through. So so that's yeah. that's that's bonkers. Um this is the unlimited styling because so the, the it's not just the seven heroes, it's the full uh, a larger contingent, I suppose. Um I like the morose Martian manhunter, which again ties into the continuity of the of the cartoon show. Yeah. Um and um, other than that, you know, there's a great big battle in, you know, Calibac and and uh, Granny Goodness are going at it again. And this kind of seems a bit pointless, but the main that that's the distraction, that's the smoke. What the main thrust of the story is what's going on with the Mazo. So, yeah. so you know, um, the, I suppose the action scene's just there to sort of warm you up to what's going to come next but yeah overall i mean that page there with the martian love that page look how look how good that the colors on there i would be mm-hmm. with the green going on you know it, it is what it is it's a justice league book based on the cartoon show is yeah. it a little bit is it a step too far in the art yeah probably is it got some nice writing in yes it most certainly has mm-hmm. so you know i'd like to see this kind of hit plateau out and kind of find its range but yeah yeah, it definitely has two different audiences. Uh, mm-hmm. One is going to be, as you said, that the older audience who remembers watching the cartoon. Oh, I know. I know. You say? Hey, I I did not put a specific age on older because the other demographic that this is targeted for are those younger readers. Yeah, again, it's kid-friendly. So again, you know, like, this is a book. I actually had Lucas take a look at this as well. And he he had mentioned that it it was like a cartoon. And he's so, not wrong. <laughs> no, no, definitely not, because it originated from a cartoon. So um, I, I did like seeing, you know, this style of Superman. Um, it did bring Tim Daly's voice into my head when reading Superman. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, again, not my thing, but it it wasn't a horrible book. I mean, I've read worse. Yeah, Fortnite. Um, (laughs) Future State State Gotham. Yeah. And if anybody's saying I'm only saying that because Matthew's not here, trust me, you saw the pod. I said it while he was, so you know what I'm saying, you know. Yeah, most Red Hood books are. Hey, you said that, not me. 
You said that. Hey, Matthew's not here to defend himself, so. I'm just going to say all Red Hood books, but, you know. Hey, not Under the Red Hood was good. It was good. The, the problem with Under the Red Hood is that it was done first in Hush. Okay. And, and once and once and once the idea of Jason being back as the hood, then that idea kind of germinates and then goes into Under the Red Hood. You're not wrong. Under the Red Hood is probably, you know, the Zoe two really good Jason Todd stories, one where he gets killed and one <laughs> under the red hood. That's it. You know? Um, and, and that's kind of how it stands for me. I think, I think if Hush hadn't have brought him back as a spoiler alert, as a clear face imposter, then the idea wouldn't be floated. It's like the idea when Frank Miller had the Robin suit in Dark Knight Returns and said Jason was a good short soldier that died. DC at that stage had never thought of killing a Robin, but now someone said it and you're like, oh, that's in that why don't we kill and then you know so yeah. you know so it's kind of that that kind of okay journey, so, I suppose. so here, here's the question then because you've you've played Arkham Knight or I guess Arkham Batmobile is what we should call it. <laughs> how how did you like the implementation of Arkham Knight? Yeah, spoiler the, if you haven't played the game, it's Jason Todd. But yeah. How did you like that aspect of, of Jason? Um Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty obvious who it was going to be from the get go. I liked I tell you what I did like the bit where um doing the flashback scenes and you and they're in the movie set and you see Jason captured by the Joker and you see some of the mm-hmm. sort of like uh trauma that was put upon him and the mental stress that was put on him at that stage. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was really well done and I thought that was really quite mature. Um but then it devolved into uh I'm out for vengeance, I'm better than you, I've got all the and like um Okay. Um, so would would it be? And I don't know how this conversation just all of a sudden turned into Jason Todd, but it did. Uh-huh. Do we'll you feel that the Jason Todd Red Hood is a missed opportunity for a better plotline than what in Arkham in Arkham Knight? Or whether whether in Arkham Knight or just in general, I think as much as I hate to say this, I think. Jason Todd serves an absolute vital purpose uh, to the mythos of Batman, mainly because without that dissenting voice, the one that always complains or says no, Bat Family turns out to be nothing like other than the Star Trek Next Generation crew, where nobody ever complains about anything. You know, the captain says we do this and everyone does it. You know, there's a reason why DS9 is more interesting because everyone argues. You know, it's. The Jason Todd character that's the one that doesn't play by the rules. Yeah. Um, so sometimes Batman needs that kind of foil. Um, I still think Jason Todd's a better character dead as a failure of bats than he is brought back. Um, do, you, do you think that Red Hood, though, is almost like tormenting Batman of that failure? No. No, because there's no ramifications now, is there? There's no re- it's like there's no recourse. It's like, oh, he died, but now he's back. And I get where you're coming from that every action that Jason then does could be seen as a in your face failure boy, but it's not 
it doesn't play out like that. It's always bats looking for for to solve his troubled soul. And I think you know what, just give up and just let him be. Yeah, there you go. That's fair. But hey, thanks for the question. So. <laughs> right. well, you know. I, I thought it, I thought it was an interesting conversation to have. Well, and cool. Matthew was exiled and missed out on the awesome opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah bless his cotton socks um yeah cool all right there you go um we'll take a break from our comics and also from uh jason todd for a little bit um we've got one of our adverts for one of our other shows um joshua i think it's our i think that's your show next isn't it with me on yeah. it as well absolutely here it is yeah. and here we go boom let me ask you a question you wanting to read a new comic book that has nothing to do with the big two? Are you tired of looking through countless titles and have no idea where to begin? Well, don't you worry because the random dude Josh and Johnny the Machine Hughes has the podcast for you. Flipside Focus, only on the Undercover Capes Podcast Network. I have to say, I've read some really kick-ass books recently. Um, Fight Girls from um, who's done that? AWA, very good. Oh yeah, Frank Choi, very very good. Cool, excellent. Yep that that one um, I was able to preview one of Frank Gogol's upcoming books. Ooh, we all know how you were Gogola file. <laughs> oh, uh, that was oh, oh, please. That was bad. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm super excited. Uh, Frank's got a lot of really cool stuff coming out. I mean, he's he's got his Power Rangers book that just came out. So, lots of awesome stuff in the in the indie circuit. So, make sure to check that out and. This Thursday, we got a special guest. We have, we so. have, uh, we have the writer creator of Van Back. For those fans from a while ago, you know how much we rated this book when we looked at it in a single format form. It's now come out in multimedia, so we'll get to talk to Owen Hammer about that creation. There you mm-hmm. go. Cool. All good in the Red Hood. All right. Sorry, I couldn't resist that one. Um, <laughs> Speaking of red, this next book. <laughs> All right. So, um, full disclosure, full disclosure, this next book is Matthew's choice. Um, so, Matthew's not here to defend himself. Um, or else we'd be slapping his uh, shins for him. All right. So, it's DC Horror Presents The Conjuring. The Lovers, number two of five. All right, okay. So this is written by David L. Johnson, McGoldrick, and Rex Ogle. Art by Gary Brown. Colors by Mike Spicer. And letters by Becca Carey. There is a second story on Tales from the Artifact Room. um, It's called The Bloody Bride. It's written by Chi Grayson. uh, Art by Juan Ferreira. And letters by Becca Carry. We'll start with the main story first. Uh, so um, the main story has this uh, 
young lady off to college, getting out of a small town existence. And whilst she is there in college, trying to find new friends and get away from an isolated lifestyle, she uh, comes across uh, a voice who kind of gives her lots of bad advice, uh, gives her loads of grief, body image issues, gender issues, um, some some ID issues, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um uh, some sexuality stuff in there. Um, so this is a mature reader book. So, you know, don't think, oh, we can go from, you know, in Justice League Infinity straight to this, you know, send the kids to bed to get this one out, please. That'd be cool. Um, and it pretty much follows the, the, the tried and true method of a horror story in that you get hints and little snippets of the, the greater horror as it kind of coalesces around the heroine uh, and makes her see things in a different worldview and kind of challenges her a little bit before forcing her to do something truly horrific. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Joshua, I'm not sure about how you feel, but I think I've said this before, probably on flip side, to be honest. I'm not a huge horror fan when it comes to comic books. Um, some of the movies get me. I'm not a big fan of possession movies because they scare the bejesus out of me. Um, but I think to do horror well, you have to have music to help generate that tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a comics medium, whilst the colours here by um, Mike Spencer are absolutely spot on for giving you that k- kind of scary vibe, other than that, this could just be a Vertigo book, right? Yeah. I mean, the, uh, this had a very indie feel to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've read plenty of of horror type books that that felt this way i i think the thing that really stood out to me was this this book can be taken or at least this story can be taken in a couple different ways um i think it shows some of the demons that people tend to go through that's a shout um especially at that age you Mm. know when going to college you're trying to figure out who you are um, and who and, you're going to be, to be and, exact. Exactly, yeah, and who, you, who you're going to be. And a lot of times, a lot of those insecurities that you have come out in full force. Mm-hmm. And and we're essentially seeing that. Now, whether, that, whether I'm taking that as a, a literal or a figurative sense of, of these demons... Um, I don't know, because it'll depend on how the rest of the story goes. But that being said, I I found this to be very, very intriguing mm-hmm. of taking something that is, is very real. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all have our demons, we all we all deal with stuff, but then adding that that horror feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um love that page, this page here mm-hmm. with the with the green face on. Yeah, very good. The the one issue I did have, and and we'll we'll call this the the spirit of Freya is kicking in. The design of her face right here uh-huh. is kind of uh, I I don't know. It just <laughs> <laughs> not one of the brightest moments of the book, but all right, okay, cool. But I mean, oh, overall, you know. At, as you said, it, it covers a, a myriad of things. 
mm-hmm. and we we see through her eyes, you know, the demons she's battling with. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, I think I, I'm going to be counter Freya for a change, and I'm going to say that I actually love the art in this book. I thought the art, yeah, there's some inconsistencies. You're absolutely right, and I'm not going to, you know, I mean. Her hair goes from being quite boyish to that bouffant look you've got going on there. But it reminds me a little bit like Klaus Janssen's artwork. If you read mm. a book called, um, like you can get it on trade paperback, it's called Gothic. It's one of the Legends of the Dark Knight um, stories. Um, and I think if I'm, I'm going to go off, I think it's issues six through six through ten. It's written by Grant Morrison, art by Klaus Janssen. And it's a, one of the truly horrific stories. Um, it's got a character called Mr. Whisper in it. Very scary, very dark. Um, I couldn't not put it down. In fact, the first part of it scared me so much that I didn't read any more of the story until I had the, other, the full issues. So I could read it and find out that, the, you, know, whew, you know, I couldn't go through like a whole four, four or five months knowing what was not knowing what was going on. So... Um, so the artwork there kind of reminds me of this, um, that kind of etchy, sketchy, kind of scratchy type of art. Um, for the most part, it works really, really well. Towards the end of the um, story, when there's a little bit of possession in there, again, the reds come into play very good, mm-hmm. um, invoking that horror. I'm not particularly scared of it. I can see what they're trying to do. Um Maybe I'm just too, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too grey in the hair to get, like, spooked. Um, but, um, I don't know. It's, um, if you like your vertigo stuff, I'm, I'm sure there'll be stuff in this. Yeah. You know, like, um, I, I would agree. This this would be better if you had some sort of music to go with it. And, and maybe that's something that DC should look into with this horror line that they're going with of, releasing a a companion soundtrack for each book. Well, it's something they've done before. I mean, Metals came with its own soundtrack. Mm -hmm. You know, so theoretically you you could be able to do that. Or at least have have um, a digital code that when you buy Mm -hmm. the book, you get the code. Yeah. And boom, there you go. You've got it, right? Yeah, and then you get the full experience. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, the second story um, is a little bit more um, bog standard, I'd say. It's um, it's a haunted wedding dress scenario. Um, it works. I'm going to say it works for what it is. I think I was disappointed because when I saw Juan Ferreira's name in the in the credits, I was looking forward to reading this bit because I've I've seen a lot of uh, Juan's w- work recently on the Infinite Destinies. Um, backup stories that are in the current migraine annual mm-hmm. run. So, um, and I've been impressed there. So I was quite looking forward to this. Um, unfortunately, it art-wise for me, it looks like the Justice League cartoon book again. <laughs> 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 With probably the exception being the bloody eyes of uh, of the of the dead wife there. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it kind of like, eh. um, and then of course the the horror continues in 
Yeah. That's what I'm, what, perpetuity, there you go, just continues on throughout. So it's pretty much standard fare. That's kind of how I, I thought of it. You know, yeah. the main the main hook's going to be the first story, definitely. Yeah, I, I think the one thing I I enjoyed the most about this book, um, and it's the most obscure thing, but I enjoyed the ads, the throwback <laughs> to the ads of comics from the eighties and nineties. I mean, uh, even yes. the seventies. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's how they work. Um, I would yeah. love to have a chalice like that. You know, I jumped to the the last. You know, the the hypnosis eyes, the pre pre chewed gum. The top, I mean, that those are like the ads that you look to and go, I want that, I want that. I remember those adverts of class because she always had to collect something, and you'd like mm. get like so many points for to whatever. I used to say to my mom, "How do you get this? How can I get my own seahorse family?" Right. <laughs> And, she, and it says I have to do something and collect points or whatever. What's that all about? And she's like, yeah, it doesn't work over here. It's, it's, not, it's not for us. You have to do it. And she was like, oh, okay, fine. You're just like, oh. No. no. Um, I was, yeah, but I mean, all that's missing from this is a hostess cupcake advert. Now, you, yeah, you or, or the pills to make you super strong. Yeah. The superhero body, the, uh, the x-ray glasses. Oh, you know, the hostess one would be easy because I mean it's got jam filling in, isn't it? That's just the blood. Yeah. Man, I could kill me a hostess cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> DC, I know you listen to this show. I mean, we, we bashed birds of prey enough for you to cancel it, so you know. There you go. I won't even ask for the copyright on the hostess ad I've just written for you. All right, so off you go. Oh, you you know what, Johnny? I think to to really bring some memories back. Oh, there we I go. think this is this is what it, it's so small. It's the seahorses. Yeah, the sea oh, monkeys. Sea monkeys. There you go. Oh, bless. <laughs> I mean, those ads were just some of the best. I mean, I found this one's a little better. These are the the things in comics that we enjoy and miss. I'm just um there you go. Oh, there you go. Killer. The um I'm trying to I've got a pile of books next to me and I'm just trying to find there are more recent stuff. My my old time pile is over there growing. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go I'll have to go through my my boxes of, of books. I know I've got some X-Men books from the 70s and 80s. Hang on. What have I got? Oh, I've got? I've got some X-Men there. But um, the, the adverts are brilliant. And there were big big characters that were work, big creators that were working on those adverts, like the Hostess ones. Frank Miller got his first break doing those adverts and stuff. Yeah. So. Well, I always thought it was funny that there would be Marvel ads in DC books and yeah, DC yeah. ads in yeah, the, the little pins and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and who well, didn't the capes? I mean, and who didn't want a pair of cowboy boots like that guy, or have uh, sneakers that would make you play basketball? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, being a Brit, I was always like, "What are sneakers? What are these all about?" Yeah. <laughs> Ah, the days, the days. I know those are the. I, I wish they would bring those ads back and actually make it 
possible to actually get, like the Sea Monkeys <sighs> or the X Ray Specs. You know, other, uh, other, other body. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I, it's funny you should say that because I mean, you also, if you as you move into like the eighties and the nineties, you'd see adverts for things like Mile High Comics. <sighs> I miss Mile High Comics. Yeah, and you think kind of think. Now, the the reason why I say that, because I lived 10 minutes away from it. And you don't know? No. I'm about eight hours away from it. Um, there's a, for us Brits, if we used to have a, a, a weekly, weekly, monthly paper called Comics International, and it was a black and white thing, and you'd uh, flick through it and have like, reviews and stuff, um, and news and, and that sort of thing. And there'd always be an advert called the Comics Warehouse, uh, it was run by a guy called Justin Ebbs, who was the guy who created Comic Line with all the bags and, and stuff. So, you know, so collector line bags. That's oh, okay. That's, it. that's the same sort of guy. Um, uh, me and my brother, we used to order loads of stuff. It was like, yeah, you know, first appearance of such a 50p or whatever, you'd spend like loads of much. Got so much, it was so cheap. We started calling it the uh, Comics Whorehouse. <laughs> and then, and then, because so many of us were using it, it just we dropped the comics. It's like right, yeah. and like we'd be sat in the pub and we'd say, "All right, have you got a, you're going down the hall, go to the whole house to get some stuff." And everyone'd be like, "What are you talking about? What? Like, what? Wait, what? What? Yeah. What? And I'm like, "Yeah." Is that are. where the fishnet thing started? No, fishnet started with canary. There you go. Okay. What can I say? <sighs> Those <were interesting>. Those <laughs> <interesting. laughs> No. All right, there you go. We are done for this episode. Um, don't forget to check out the UCPN for all your favorite shows, including Joshua. Oh, we've got the Jank Think Tank, um, all things Magic the Gathering. Um, we've got um, some exciting stuff com- coming up, uh, especially with the new set Adventures in the Forgotten Realm, the Magic the Gathering Dungeons and Dragons crossover set that will be coming out later this month. Is that Dungeons and Dragons based on the cartoon or Dungeons and Dragons based on the game? That's Dungeons and Dragons based on the game. I'm not interested then. So, I just have a cartoon. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, I think the cartoon was based off of the game anyway. Yeah, I know, so, but yeah, Tina was hot. Well, I, true. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Flipside Focus. Uh, make yeah, sure to tune in for our episode on Thursday. Uh, as Johnny said, uh, special guest Owen Hammer. For that cool. episode, so that'll be fun. Okay, and of course, you've got our migraine sister show, the No Prize Podcast, where it talks everything Marvel. And if you're not sick of me, you've also got the old timers comic book show, where the hosts aren't old, but the comics most certainly are. There you go, a whole range of different shows, and I'm sure, I'm sure, sooner or later we'll get round to doing a Black Widow movie review special. Oh, yes. I still need to see that. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. So um, keep your eyes peeled on UCPN and Comic Crusaders for all of that shizzle. All right. Josh, being a pleasure. As always. Cool. Please pass on my uh, thanks to Lucas for helping me educate me on uh, Fortnite. Will do. I'm sure he'll probably go kick my butt in in Justice Gods Among Us, maybe. 
Cool. Um, I'm not. Picking, I, I'm not picking. allowed to play Bat as Batman in, in Injustice because I kick his trash all the time. Or yeah. Green Lan- or funny enough, Green Lantern. Which Green Lantern? Hal Jordan. Uh, because I do the move there. where I, I use the ring, grab him, and then slam him. Uh, and I just go back and forth until he oh, yes. either is done or um, is about to throw the controller. Say, I didn't have you down as a as a button basher. I I I do more of the combinations. I'm uh, I, I learn my combos. I I get those heavy hitters. Well, if you're on the Injustice mobile game, you can get Jessica Cruz, and she's kick ass. Is she? Oh, yeah, really I may good. I may have to redownload that. The um, yeah, and the thing is, we she gets more power the more Green Lantern on your team. So if you get like another two Green Lanterns, oh, that's cool. Cool. Um, <clears throat> Injustice two on the mobile, you just get Hal, you just get uh, John Stewart as well. So I think you get a couple of different Hal's, but yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, there you go. There's some gaming hints and tips from me. I can say mobile gaming now because we all know that Josh uses his mobile gaming. Shh, shh, quiet. So he's obviously losing some uh, gaming cred. So. <laughs> all right. I'm going to finish this. Hold on. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> I am joining Machine Hughes. Thanks, Josh. And as always, adios.